Hello, everyone, and welcome to 2020. I am excited to be here, and I hope you enjoyed your holidays. It's been a little bit of time since we last caught up, and it is a new year. Right now, we are in Chicago, but we'll soon be talking to some really amazing guests. Our first happens to be in Texas, and I hope it's warmer there than here, because it's really cold in Chicago. We're going to be talking about persona and presentational gender and performance. It's something I'm just fascinated by, you know, the whole idea of having an identity and perhaps building a second one or building an alter ego and investing in, in how you would perform a different gender or perform a different role, whether it's on stage or in life. There's just so many times this happens in real life. You know, who, who are you really? Who are the person you play to your friends versus to your family versus to those at work? You know, there are these different masks that we wear and, and I just, I, I eat this stuff up. Later on, we're going to be talking to drag queen girl boyfriend from Chicago, but we're going to start off here with the fantastic drag king, Hugh Dandy. So Hugh, welcome to the show. Great. Thank you for having me. First off, how would you describe what you do? Well, being a drag king, it's my job to put on a show and entertain others as a male presenting character. How long have you been performing drag? I've been performing drag consistently for the last three years. What got you into it? Well, I grew up in a really small Illinois town, so I wasn't exposed to a lot of this, but I went to a liberal arts college in St. Louis, Missouri, and I was exposed to my first drag show, and I mean, I was drawn to it like a mess. The second I saw it, I saw my first drag king on stage and I knew what a drag king and queen were, but um, it wasn't until I saw one that I was like, wow, I can do this. I'm allowed to do this. And the fashion, the sparkle, the fabulous, extravagant type performances just automatically drew me in. From then on, I was obsessed with just getting started and how do I get into it? Uh, it's, it's really funny to say that we had a show last season that we did in St. Louis where we had two drag queens on and just the environment down there seems to be very rich for the style of performance. That's where I grew up. So I was already pretty comfortable with the area. But by the time I got started into drag, the drag king scene there was just absolutely thriving. So I could not be more thankful for the community there and how supportive we all were of each other. Just to ask, before this, had you done performance or theater or anything you know, before you actually found this? Actually, no. I was. I went to school for animation, so I've always been interested in like creating characters and possibly like acting out my characters. I've always been a very animated person myself to begin with, but I have no background of theater or performance. I am very intrigued about that. You know, hearing about animation and your desire to develop characters, etc. What was it about the drag kings in particular that you know you mentioned like their sparkle and things like this? But what was it that really spoke to you the most that made you want to get up there and you know and perform yourself probably the idea of maybe playing another character not being myself just even just for a short time that moment of trying to get away and just be something you're not for a little bit it sounded absolutely like a blast and I mean I, I did it once while I was in college I performed at the same show the following year and they allowed the students to perform and I couldn't get enough what makes a drag king a drag king? So, by definition, a drag king is just anyone 
who wants to perform as, again, a male-presenting character. As long as your character is male themselves, you are a drag king, and you don't have to be female or male. You could be non-binary, trans or not trans. As long as you're performing as a male-presenting character, you are a drag king. So the audience can get a sense of this. How does this onstage persona differ from your own persona? You know, how, like, how do you identify, and how would you describe Hugh? So I identify female outside of drag. Hugh, I guess, He's been very dangerous and kind of this sex symbol when I myself, outside of drag, am pretty reserved. I've always been a very timid person, was never taught to show my sexuality out and about, and Hugh is just kind of my excuse to explore those realms that I don't feel comfortable with doing as myself day to day. One of the things I find to be really interesting is that, you know, Hugh isn't coming out of a vacuum. You are crafting this persona. You are giving yourself permission to act in a different way, and yet it's you giving yourself permission to do these things. <laughs> Absolutely. I think drag in general, it is an expression of yourself. I think a lot of drag, and pretty much, probably mostly from any performer, probably comes from within them. So it's either things maybe they want to experience themselves, things that they want to express themselves, things that they want to get out, opinions they have, artistic ideas. I think it's all coming from within oneself and it's really kind of just your own journey and experience. And that's why I think drag can differ so so much. And with that in mind, do you see Hugh as being an aspect of yourself or do you really become a completely different person when you're in drag? Oh, I absolutely become a completely different person in drag. When I'm not Hugh, I, I do consider him an aspect of myself, but when I am Hugh, I am pretty much Hugh. I definitely carry myself differently. I'll respond to situations differently, social situations. I often have to reel myself in sometimes because I'm like, okay, you're not this person today. Like, you know, sometimes, uh, yeah, you just got to bring yourself back. But I absolutely, I act differently, carry myself differently, speak differently. It's crazy to think about, but I, I that's just it. I don't think about it when I'm in Hugh. That's exceptional. And did that happen right from the beginning? What was the process of you know, giving rise to Hugh? <laughs> <laughs> so the process was, like I said, in college, I did my first show. That was kind of me building this character because I knew drag was a specific character that you play. There were so many different, you know, drag kings and queens and the styles that they had. So I needed to find my style. I needed to find my character. And that definitely did not occur overnight. I knew for a fact that I wanted Hugh to be kind of like pop culture and pop music styled. That's the kind of music that I like to listen to. And I wanted to perform music that I liked so there was that beginning. Then there was the look. And I've always kind of been like attracted to that like dangerous type of masculinity, but I have never been around that dangerous type of masculinity. You know, you try not to, but um, <laughs> so I knew that I wanted to base Hugh off of that kind of experience something, bring this like part of me out that isn't around day to day. The biggest thing for me was whether or not I was gonna cut my hair because every drag king that I have ever met had short hair. And I was really worried that my first idea of drag was that I really needed to pass as a male. That if I did not pass as a masculine figure, then it, the illusion would be shattered. And so I was really worried about my hair. It was brought to my attention by a close friend of mine that men have long hair all the time. It's very common, and especially 
they wear their man bun. So I experimented <laughs> with that a little bit. And to me, I know a lot of people were thinking, oh, if it's, there's a man bun, he's probably like a douchebag, kind of a jerk. <laughs> and I so I played on that. I played on that. And Hugh kind of just became this like douchebag, kind of, again, sex symbol character, and it just grew from there. That's hilarious. So as an illustrator, as a designer, was your art of drawing part of that development process? I think so, a little bit. I think my ability to be able to think of a character kind of just out of thin air to create these things helped me really think about how he. I wanted Hugh to look. Now, the makeup game definitely developed over time. I really didn't create like my solid Hugh look until I would say in the last year or two. I think the, the general idea of understanding shapes and forms and what they mean can really help with a face like angles mean probably be more masculine. If you are unfamiliar with Hugh's look, I'll put this in the show notes, but definitely check out Hugh's Insta account because the, the, the pictures are phenomenal. That's how I first met you. You have a great look. Thank you. It's The energy I've seen is also, I mean, there's a lot of reasons why I really wanted to bring you on the show because, I, again, I think you do a phenomenal job. You're a great performer. It's a striking look. There's almost an operatic quality <laughs> to the makeup. I really try my hardest to exaggerate because what I learned over time was that passing as like your intended illusion is not necessarily the most important thing. Seeing as drag kings are this idea, this stereotype, and this exaggeration of masculinity in general. So, which is why my makeup probably looks way more harsh now than it did a couple years ago. Because a couple years ago, I just tried to look like any old guy down the street. And now I try to look like this character that I am trying to play. There is almost a sense of caricature, but I don't think that's at all the right word because it's, it's taking something and making it more potent. Like you're boiling it down to its essence. So, mm -hmm. so Absolutely. There, yeah, so there's, you know, there's a boldness to your face. There's a boldness to your swagger. It's a little intoxicating to watch. It's got a great energy. With that in mind, what are some things that you, I guess, whether learned or researched for performing masculinity as part of this? All right, well, my first step was probably getting the look down. So I actually studied a ton of facial hair. How that lays on naturally on, on men's faces because I never experienced that. Right. I guess I never really paid attention to it, never had to. There was that and there's so many different, you know, shapes and types of facial hair, what they mean, what they represent. When I first got started, the like the chin strap was very, very popular in Drag Kings because the whole douchebag look was really was really appealing to play and to be <laughs> and to watch. It was. But I wanted to stand out in a way that, you know, would give off the same energy, but give Hugh his own look. So um, I actually studied also a lot of like famous people with long hair, a lot of famous men with long hair. Um, on that list was like Fabio, Jason Momoa. Uh, my favorite model that I like is Brock O'Hearn. And if you don't know this guy off the top of your head, but if you look up pictures of him, that is exactly the type of energy that I tried to recreate in Hugh of again, just this sexual type he puts his hair up and but like literally all his videos online on instagram are just like him putting his hair up and him at the gym and i <laughs> wanted the same energy so a lot of my looks are based off of like those men in particular and then when it came to performance style and how i wanted to dance the songs i wanted to do i just went to my favorite pop stars which was justin timberlake and bruno mars i wanted to be smooth and you said that swagger that i have was really based off of again just being a rock star being someone who is popular and in the popular view 
a celebrity because I know I'll probably never be one, uh, but this is my ability to play one, you know, every day. Have you learned anything uh, or has your life changed in any way since embracing you as a character in your life? Uh, yes, it has actually. Um, I've learned a lot of new dance moves. <laughs> Um, learned how to pick up choreography very quickly. I've learned what it's like to, you know, like actually lip sync a song. And I've always liked performing like in the shower, in the car, on the way to work and school and stuff. But uh, nothing would prepare me for what it's like to lip sync as a performer until I actually did it and got into doing it seriously. I learned that I am capable of much more than I've ever given myself credit for creatively. I joined a local competition here and it really helped me push myself in ways that I never expected I could. So I absolutely appreciate that about drag. I've learned that I'm comfortable with who I am as a person in and out of drag both. Hugh has also taught me to love myself a little bit more outside of drag. So I appreciate him for that. Does Hugh ever pop up in unexpected ways as you're moving about your normal life? I don't think so, but my friends have pointed out several occasions. Yeah. Um, maybe in like a more social setting at a party, I will start to do maybe some dances or tell a loud joke or something like that that I normally wouldn't. And, and they've often been like, that's Hugh. Hugh just, <laughs> Hugh just said that. It's so funny. And it's also so weird again because it's like, hey, they're both me, right? <laughs> well, exactly. Yeah, Hugh will never do anything that Emily would never ever do. I've gone through that uh, thought process a couple of times where like I often perform and carry myself as Hugh as like a single male. You wanna look available and everything like that when I in real life am in a committed long-term relationship. So Hugh will never do anything to break or ruin the relationship that I have in my day-to-day -day life, sure. even though that's not necessarily how I carry myself on stage. It is interesting that even when you're giving yourself the freedom to completely invent this new identity, that there still are these underpinnings and boundaries and borders that, that can't be crossed that somehow are, are being held in check. Absolutely. And also in my day-to-day, -day, I have to put boundaries on what I do for Hugh as well. Any decision I make now in my day-to-day -day often relies on if I will benefit and then if Hugh's image will benefit. Not that it would affect everything, but like say maybe I wanted to get a haircut and I wanted to get a shorter haircut when I've pretty much built my idea of Hugh around his man bun. And while I think he would look great without one as well, it's often how I brand myself. I have to think sometimes where I'm like, are we ready to get rid of this? Are we really ready to get rid of this? And if we're not, then we'll just go for a trim instead of getting a major haircut. Or if I get any piercings done, will he benefit from it as well? If I want to get a tattoo, will it be something that he would rock too? And it's not as heavy as I think I'm making it sound. I definitely keep his character in mind in the clothes I buy, the changes I make to myself, and everything like that. You literally have a life partner living in your head. <laughs> and I have two whole wardrobes to prove it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you know, uh, note to self, if, if doing drag, need separate closet. Got it. <laughs> Absolutely. You know what? A whole separate room would probably be better. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I just have one last question just uh, regarding this. Is there like a transformation process that you do that switches you from Emily to Hugh and back? 
Yeah, actually, I mean, I have like my own routine and I've asked like other drag performers, I'm like, what's your routine to like get into character? Because sometimes it's hard to break. Sometimes when real life screams too loud, it's hard to get into hue. And sometimes when you have such a good time as your drag character, it's hard to get out of that. But my routine in particular is I pack my bags for my show, then I go into my mirror and it's about an hour and a half long process to do my makeup. So sometimes I'll listen to music, I'll listen to the songs I'm doing that night, or just my favorite songs. I'll sing, kind of get into hue, kind of as I see myself transform. Really, what really changes it, when I get into my full outfit, I'm in my full face, and I just need to look at myself in the mirror. And just one look, and I can say, okay, now I'm a sexy man. That's dope. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. So that one look and even you're hooked. (laughs) Absolutely. My one, my one look. And then I like raise my eyebrow, my signature eyebrow. And I'm like, there he is. If anyone wants to see you in a show or, or catch up on your work, how can they find out more about what you're up to? They can follow my Instagram, Hugh underscore Dandy. And then you can also like and follow the Kings of Houston Facebook and Instagram page. All of the shows that I'm involved in through them are going to be shared on that page. That's exceptional. Hugh, thank you so much for joining us on Shoutbox today. But I'd love to have you back on the show again. But you know, thank you so much for visiting today. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. It was a blast. Awesome. So next up on our program is a, a remarkable Chicago area performer, Girl Boyfriend, uh, a.k.a. Benji. And Benji's here to talk about drag performance, performing as a drag queen. I'm Just today I'm learning that they've done a variety of uh, fluid performance as well in the past. I'd love to hear about that. So let's just start off with how long have you been doing this and what do you do? What, what do you perform? For performing, I'd say about maybe since 2000. 15, 2014. Okay. So like five or six years. Uh, but um, usually just like lip syncing, I try to like incorporate like weird outfits I make, <laughs> but whatever you like to find is weird. I don't know. I, I actually was going to comment on that. Yeah. <laughs> this is again someone uh, who has a remarkable Instagram account, and you should definitely check this out. That's how I found you, you. Uh, and uh, you have some solid looks. You. Does seem that you take a lot of pride in the costume and/or wardrobe that you wear. You always are shouting out another piece from someone else and the one yeah, that you did. When did you start making you know your own garments and things like that? The first piece I ever made, uh, it was like made out of two plungers, is like tits. Okay. And then like I just ran over to a friend's house that I knew had like cheap like home sewing machine, but I got into more like like thick leather and stuff because I started interning for a seamstress, uh, used her industrial machine, and I started working with <clears throat> excuse me like leather and stuff. I make like vinyl pieces, but I'm terrible at drawing. Okay. I just like have an idea and I like cut stuff up and get on with it. So you have to really design with your hands and your eyes. Yeah, yeah, and like yeah. just like put stuff on my body like I've made like a full like harness from uh, Home Depot chains and sitting on bolt cutters and stuff like that (laughs) (laughs) nothing I make is comfortable people ask me to like buy my pieces but I'm like not functional it's 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 painful it's all for show (laughs) like you don't want it the character that I've seen which I I associate with the name girl boyfriend is a very sexy very femme character thank you I try to like uh, wear outfits that are most revealing but Chicago weather doesn't really agree with that sometimes but what first got you into 
performing in drag? I've been going out like in Chicago since I was 19. Okay. I moved here when I was like 18. Okay. But I found, got a fake ID. Shout out. <laughs> uh, but I started out doing nightlife photography, and then okay. I was like, kind of like, I want to be the person in front of the camera. Okay. And I had all these like crazy ideas for outfits and stuff. But I mean, like first time in drag, you think you're like the best looking thing out there. Like, uh, like you put on like some eyelashes, lipstick, and a shake and go wig, and you're like, I look sickening. I'm doing it. Like, give me my stage. I'm ready. And then like years later, looking back on that, I was like, oh no, baby. Like, <laughs> you should have stayed at home. <laughs> I hear that a lot, but it's the whole thing. You have to start somewhere, right? Definitely. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and I think it's the confidence that gets your ass on a stage somehow. I think it's like um, <clears throat> the cis white gays that judge everybody. <laughs> and like, they're the ones that make the most like snide comments. Like, you look like a woman. You should walk like one. But you're on the stage, so it's kind of like, eat it. Like, I got here. You did it. And it's kind of like if you went to an art museum and you saw like a painting that could be made by a three-year-old. Right. You're kind of upset about it. But like that... 30-year-old, 3-year-old, like, got a painting out there, and you did it, so, like, calm down. I was going to ask you that when performing, you know, you are putting, you're putting everything out there. You know, in some cases, you're putting, you're putting everything out there. In performance in general, the, this idea that you're crafting a persona that you're wanting to share. I mentioned briefly to you, so the, the guest prior is Hugh Dandy. We were talking a lot about how you know, she creates this character, and, and even though it's an aspect of herself, at the same time, it's almost a completely different entity, yeah. yet it's still, it's still her, yeah. right? So, the, you know, you being on stage and you performing, you know, its own energy and its own performance, how different is that from who you, know, who you are in, in normal life? I work a couple service jobs, like, and whatever, like, leaving your house is kind of a performance yeah. sometimes. Like, yeah. um, I think I, like, uh, the name of, like, girl boyfriend is, like, I can wear whatever I want. It's just kind of, like, the persona is, like, either, like, high femme or I've been, like, messing around with, like, high mask. Like, even, I can't grow a mustache, really. I just, like, glued on a mustache and went out, and it's, like... Yeah, I got your friends. Like everyone's like, oh my god, I didn't recognize you. But that's when you know you're doing drag. <laughs> like people are like, I didn't even see you at the party last night. I was like, I was there all night. That is so. So you have played with all sorts of gender. Yeah, just I've gotten some like performance gigs from just going out in like a look, just yeah. wearing what I want. Like the week can be so long. You just like need to go to like. There's a a party at Queen at Smart Bar every Sunday where okay. it's like drag enthused. Like um, Queens like hosted and kings and um. It's kind of just like a, I call it like a sleigh ground. You just go there, wear a look if you want to, or don't show up in like pajamas if you want to. Just don't be like rude. <laughs> but it's like you get a photo and you pop around, and that's kind of like where I started like practicing drag and like uh, pulling looks or whatever. What feeds you from that? I mean, I can see the passion in your eyes that you just enjoy it so much, but you know, what, what is it that you really think you get out of it? I think mostly fun because life's boring. <laughs> that's, that's as good as answer as any. Yeah. So, mundane is bad. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> and, like, I don't know. I, I have, like, a bunch of ideas, like, in here. And I love drag. I love making clothes. But if people ask me, like, how do I start doing it? I'm like, so you go out there. You buy shit. <laughs> Just start buying shit. <laughs> Practice, like, in the mirror. It's very uh, consumerist art. But everyone, like, paints themselves differently. Uh, not one's the same, I'd say, but like similar but different, just like people. But like, it's just like painters. Okay. You know? Yeah, yeah. What steps do you take to transform into your drag persona? 
um, like process. Like, is there like a process that you you sit down and you emerge? I guess, but it, you're lip syncing a song. There's like learning lyrics, and if you want to like do a new song. That takes like some rehearsal, just like acting or whatever. It's right. like lines. I mean, drag is so, it's not like cutthroat or anything, but it's like there's high expectations for like every like drag queen, especially in Chicago, because there's so many. It's like you have to like choreograph your things, you have to dress yourself, you have to do your own makeup, you have to like be able to like dance and like get everything right and also like not have your wig fly off. And, 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 and practice <laughs> your, your drops. Yeah, yeah, the art of falling <laughs> or dips. <laughs> yeah. I've seen you do a couple of pretty heavy suicide drops there. Oh my God, yeah. Just, <laughs> when my roommates aren't home, like that's me, uh, like in the kitchen, like, yeah. just like twirling around. And, yeah, like my first pair of heels were like eight inches, and I just walk around the house, oh. clean up, practice like that. Even um, like my friends that dance at like strip clubs, like I perform, and they're like, "Bitch, you can be a wet nose." Sorry, can I say bitch? <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> We're an adult-friendly show, Sweet. so it's okay. <laughs> were there any inspirations? Were there any models that you sort of drew your inspiration from um, for your character? Tank Girl, Aeon Flux, Xena, the Warrior Princess, Mortal Kombat women, like video game characters, just like high fantasy, like goth or like super powerful like women. That's like my drag aesthetic, I think, or like early two thousands like stripper. Okay. Kind of like, <laughs> That's very specific. Yeah, yeah, like Paris Hilton, like glam, like yeah. you know, like has a coke binge, but it's fashion. Like, <laughs> I dig it. It's a whole mood. Like it, it is a mood. So, uh, and with that in mind, I don't even know how to describe it. I've only seen clips on. I've, I've never seen you, you perform live. So you know that. Just to be honest here, you know, but I think it'd be pretty phenomenal. But you're working all the time, from what I gather, right? I usually perform like twice a month. I won a competition in September at Berlin. Uh, crash landing. I was the 31st win- winner of that uh, competition, so it, it happens like every two months, I think. Okay. A lot of amazing people have come out of that competition, and I'm super grateful for that platform. That was the busiest ever, I think, I've been in yeah. drag. Like, it just seemed like he was like back-to-back <laughs> yeah. stuff, and then that you were invited to be part of uh, uh, Emily Blue show, right? Oh, yeah, uh, the benefit we did for... Um, Brave Space Alliance. Yeah. Yeah, that was great. I had to go to work right after. I also have, like, three jobs. And oh. Like, but. Well, the life of a performer means you're always working somehow. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, that's just me, though. If I'm not doing something, I'm totally fine with chilling and, like, binging Netflix and doing nothing. So good at that. But when I'm not, like, when I don't have anything lined up, I'm kind of like, okay, this, there's something wrong. <laughs> it's like, put that fire under your butt and get going. But it's like I've gotten modeling gigs from drag. I've gotten... Like music video, like shoots, and sometimes paid, sometimes not, but it's all fun. And like making clothes, I, people ask me to style them, and sometimes like people throw me cash, or I just get like to like tag myself on their stuff, and that's fun. I obviously like love playing dress up, so it's fun styling friends and everyone in the community. Like that's creative, like sort of has that understanding. Like if I don't know, like usually. I go to other artists. I'm just like, hey, do you want to like trade pieces? Can I borrow this for this? And like, I'm all about like supporting artists and like paying artists because like people yeah. expect things for free, and that's like rude. I think. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that's very cool. Yeah, and, and again, I think you do a great job of shouting everybody out who's who helps. I try to. Social media is so, so hard. You have to yeah. sit there and like actually like. <laughs> My friends make fun of me so much. They're like, you're, you're terrible at multitasking. I'm just like, they're like, are you posting on Instagram? I'm like, shh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm busy. Well, you you got to make sure you, you call everybody out. You hinted to this before, but just that there's a, you know, 
you're the one who's putting yourself out there. You're you're the one who's doing this, but there's a lot of judgment. Sometimes it might just be like in everyone's like head. It's like artists like you want to like hide for, hide away from the world to like think about your art, and then you want to share it with the world. And it's like an ebb and flow in between. Everyone's like usually very supportive, but it's funny just like the shady gaze but it's it's sometimes funny it's just like girl that death that, that like death trap was crunchy <laughs> I'm just like shut up <laughs> it's like, I, is it is it a friendly competition or is it catty or you know mostly friendly friendly yeah. among like queens and stuff yeah. like everyone's like really tight I'd say or like everyone goes out and they're like hey girl unless you're like specifically rude I don't know I try to stay out of all drama at, so, at any so cost no knifing is, is a good no 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 <laughs> I don't think so maybe like someone stole some eyes liner or something like that, but I don't think anyone's getting stabbed with okay. a stiletto anytime soon. What is the community like as a whole? Just, I mean, it sounds like you've been in the scene for a while, right? Yeah, like nightlife and stuff. Um, there are a lot more queens that are more like it's their only job. Okay. Uh, or job or like, I mean, there are like, you can be a professional artist and stuff like that, and I've done like some girls that have gone into like RuPaul's Drag Race and like I see them out sometimes and they're always like super sweet I would imagine that platform would be it's like gay sports let's say when you're performing femme is uh, are the mannerisms or you know how you walk I mean how, how do you sort of adapt your natural motion or your natural presence uh, to perform femme I feel like it um, depends on the song okay. I guess like uh performed like um incapable by Royce and murphy like recently that's a great song but like it's very like like soft and like sort of feline okay uh but then i do some like industrial like songs or like like harder electronic music okay but with like female vocals and that's like super fun other times like you want to do like little burlesque like little cheeky like sort of wiggle that's really interesting because it sounds like you know that how your performing is really driven for you yep. by your music selection. Yeah, I think so. And like, friends have called me like the old girl of Chicago. <laughs> I laugh at that. But uh, a lot of people have complimented like my music tastes, which is cute. I was gonna work on a video with Emily Blue Music. Emily Blue's yeah. music, but that's their Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> hey, but uh, then we put postponed that. But the song is amazing, and it's not out yet. And no. I've been using it before for performances, and people are like, "What's that song?" I'm like, "It's mine." <laughs> but I, I have the inside track. I mostly go for like a hard like dominatrix look, like a lot of like leather and chains. Like yeah. I make, I made like a strap on and like some like chain bras and harnesses and stuff but sometimes I want to like wear like lingerie and be like soft like people can hug me how much of the style for your, for your persona on stage uh, plays into your real life is there any crossover or is it all for show I like accessories a lot I have a lot and I feel like if I buy things like I want to use them so I just try to incorporate more things like even like leaving your house like being a queer, queer person like it depends on like if you're feeling that like strong to like wear like earrings and makeup in the daylight but like be like looking like half masculine and stuff like that I think it takes a lot of energy for someone to do that and shout out to everyone that does that but I like girl boyfriend I like confusing people it's kind of like how I also started doing drag just like I have this feminine body like how do I capitalize on this but also I like decorating 
editing it and like stuff like that. But I think visibility is really important to me. Uh, strangers have like just, uh, DM'd me on Instagram and been like, "Thank you so much. It means so much to me that like you're just like screaming that you're like gay <laughs> like all over the internet or like uh, being like feminine and, and masculine and like just like being visibly queer. People have sent me like really sweet like paragraphs of messages. Like sometimes it like seems like too much work for like nothing even though like you're getting paid for gigs or whatever but it's exhausting but when I feel like I get that sense that I'm inspiring like other people to do, wear whatever the fuck they want and like do whatever you want however you can is a really great feeling reassuring you know was there someone that was out and loud for you when you were growing up that you looked up to I mean, I grew up in Anchorage, Alaska, and I was—I moved here when I was 18, so I never really saw like the drag scene out there. Because there's like 300,000 people, but I, the queer community is pretty small, I'd say. And I moved here to find like a larger community, I'd say. And I came out of the closet when I was 18. Okay. Everyone was like, "You? <laughs> like, how many years ago? Has it been like eight years?" All this was kept inside until you moved here, basically. Yeah, I was like, "I'm ready." <laughs> like now, when I moved here. <laughs> but yeah, it's been like I've. I was definitely like naive and I've learned so much from people and I've had like people like older than me that have been like queer mentors and I've I've like met amazing drag queens that not necessarily have been like my drag mother or things like that but like everyone's been like super supportive and stuff and I feel like I've just reached out to people like Lucy Stool like and been like can I like have a gig can I like perform here or like whatever and Lucy and I were just in a film together I got premiered in Norway in September. Yeah. I have Marta Gunnarsson, and it got premiered in New York uh, in November. Yeah. I performed out there. That was cool. But like even back then, I never thought I would be here. But like I, I never thought like it'd be this like sort of like pseudo successful. You know, it's, I feel successful. I feel proud of what I do. It seems like it's bringing you a lot of positivity. Yeah. Ten inch heels in winter. <laughs> Not that fun. <laughs> I applaud that. Yes. I, 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 I make a joke. I'm just like, <laughs> I hate drag. <laughs> you have to like take off all the things to run to the bathroom. <laughs> like, how many straps do I wear? <laughs> Why do I do this? Yeah. Do you have to dehydrate before, or is it better to de- to? Well, I don't know, because like uh, tucking, like you're literally shoving your testicles inside of your body, right. and then if it's like like snapped like you don't want to you don't want to fuck with that I'm just like I'll go like go to the function and like sometimes I'm like performing last I'm sitting there having to pee my brains out but like I do that after because I performed once at Beauty Bar and you know something popped out (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I should have got more tips for that but no (laughs) it wasn't cute I was just sort of like hands between my legs like doing something like my friends were like oh you're amazing after I was like did you see my nut they're like yeah (laughs) I was like fuck (laughs) at the end of the day it's kind of like a hilarious like art and I'm I feel like I do take myself a little bit too seriously sometimes. I feel like drag should be more fun. I don't know, sometimes like I need to take a break from like serious songs where I'm like more choreographed, like things like hit, hit, hit. But other times I'm just like being coy and dumb. I caught a clip of you performing something, I think it was at the music box. Yeah, uh, that was a that was an epic performance. Thank that you. Was really solid. Yeah, Thanks, I, I, I appreciate that. That was feline. I'm a fan. I know you have a lot of fans out there, and you should be proud of that because you do great work. Thank you so much. Um, uh, if people want to uh, see you perform or learn more about you, what are the best ways for them to, to find out more? Um, I would say follow me on Instagram at girlboyfriend. It's G I R L B O I 
F-R-I-E-N-D. Yeah, that's where I mainly post, like, mostly to my stories. Uh, is there anything else you want to uh, touch on? I don't know. I don't want to be, like, some, like, you know, Oprah Winfrey right now. But, yeah, do drag. It's, like, a great outlet. Especially, like, in the queer community, sometimes throwing glitter on depression is fun. I don't know. <laughs> that needs to be on a wall. Yeah, people are like, people are like, no, oh, I feel sad. Like, I can't go out. I'm just like, wear that shit out. Throw some glitter on it. Take it out. She needs a day in the sun. <laughs> I'd say it just depends on, like, what you want to do. And, like, it's a really wide and vast art. You don't have to be one thing. You could be, like, a walking... You could be a giant shoe or, like, a chicken nugget. Whatever you want to do, that's kind of, like, drag. <laughs> it's more comedy. <laughs> I see a new show in the future. You the shoe with a nugget. I get it. <laughs> Making grimace. Listen, I, I really appreciate you making time to come on the show. Yeah, thanks uh, for having me. It's a pleasure getting to know you. And I look forward to seeing your exploits on Instagram. Um, hey, yeah. and, but the, keep in touch. I'd love to have you back on if we have a chance and, and to learn what's going on. So, you know, thanks for joining us. Today. Yeah, thank you. What a great way to kick off our 2020 season. I want to shout out again to Hugh Dandy and Girl Boyfriend for visiting with us today. Make sure to follow them on Instagram and definitely check them out live if you happen to be either in Texas or Chicago. They do phenomenal work. This episode was recorded by Sydney Jones and mixed by Sven in his Blue Box Studios. Our theme music was written and performed by Melody Jane Wachtel of the band This Is A Stick Up. Find us on Facebook and Twitter. Send us an email at shoutbox at kaiharding.com and make sure to keep tuning in. We're changing our format a little bit that we'll be doing a release every month. And so with that in mind, thank you for tuning in and we will see you in February. So have a great month. Take care.